Welcome to the Venture Mentality Podcast. We're bringing you the insights and interviews from top entrepreneurs and high performers on how to reach your goals and overcome your challenges. Hosted by 18-year-old high school student and entrepreneur, Jacob O'Connor. Now, let's get right into the show. Hey, what's up, guys? You're listening to the Venture Mentality Podcast, and I'm your host, Jacob O'Connor. Today joining us, we have the owner of CellSpark Regeneration Centers, co-founder of PC Threads, and member of Arate Syndicate, Alex Spinoso. What's up, Alex? How you doing, Jacob? Good to hear from you. I'm doing terrific. I'm glad you could come on. And to start things off, I was hoping that you could give us kind of 45 seconds of context with just where you came from and like kind of how you got to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was born and raised in Northern California. I ended up actually going to med school in England because I wanted to play professional soccer and that didn't work out. So my fallback was med school. Uh, After med school in England, I ended back up in Southern California where I finished up residency. Uh, Recently moved to Las Vegas because I had some friends in the group you mentioned, the RTA Syndicate, led by Ed Milet and Andy Priscilla, a entrepreneur group. And after that, I met some people inside the RTA Syndicate that we opened three different businesses together and those have been going great and just growing those. One is the Cell Spark Regenerative Centers, which is a stem cell and hormone therapy and, and weight loss. The second one is the PC threads that you mentioned, which is a um, medical scrub line. So learning about clothing and stuff like that was all new to me. And then the third one um, that I'm a part of is also Genesis Lifestyle Medicine, which our clinics are in uh, Denver, Nashville and Fort Collins. So that's, it's been a great, journey it's phenomenal to get to this point you're, you're definitely a serial entrepreneur and to start things off i was hoping we could go more in depth with um cell spark regenerative centers just kind of what it is how it started you know like why you're doing it yeah so the cell spark started i guess the concept started about a little more than a year ago um i knew i wanted to build my own business and create my own career i was tired of working for everybody else and especially in the medical field it's very hard to learn business because they don't teach you it at all i went back to school got my mba and it really was useless compared to what i was learning from just other entrepreneurs and, and people who had just lived business before so i started to save up money my wife and i moved out of our house we started renting that and then rented a one bedroom little master apartment together um, where we lived for about a year and a half saving up money. And the original plan was to build uh, urgent cares. Now, talking with a lot of people in the medical field, I realized very quickly that urgent cares were just far too expensive to build. Um, You're looking at eight to $900,000 to build just a single urgent care. So kind of pivoted my idea, um, was lucky enough to get into the RTA syndicate with uh, Ed and Andy as as our coaches and met a, a colleague of mine who is now my business partner who owned hormone therapy uh, clinics. So we talked a bit more, decided that, hey, we want to build a hormone clinic together and kind of snowballed into what it is now, which is actually uh, stem cells and along with the hormone therapy and and the weight loss. So I ended up uh, deep into the world of regenerative medicine and um, really wanted to save patients before they ended up going down the road of painful injections, painful surgeries, things like that. Cause I had been trained in sports medicine. So used to seeing patients that had surgeries and repeat, repeat surgeries and repeat surgeries. And now with the pain medication epidemic, uh, trying to avoid patients from going down that road. So that's kind of how 
CellSpark was born out of a completely new idea, but is just constantly pivoting and changing what you realize kind of the end results the same, but pivoting the way to get there. And just for anyone who might not know, what exactly is stem cell regeneration? So all of our bodies have stem cells in them. Stem cells are kind of uh, the original cells of the body. They can become any other type of cell. They become bone, ligaments, cartilage, blood, organ tissue, etc. So what we do is we take those stem cells and we inject them into areas of the body that are broken down or that need surgery and it regenerates that area of the body through different growth factors, through different healing mechanisms and kind of helps almost turn back the time on a joint that's being worn down or on a ligament that's being torn and helps it heal faster as well as helps it become younger. Do a lot of people know about this? Because I feel like the common perception is that, you know, like you can't really do something like that, but then here you are talking about it. Actually, most people think it's illegal or that I'm doing terrible things. Um, In the news, it's always, or there was a lot of news about stem cells procured from dead fetuses and fetal tissue and stuff like that. That actually hasn't been done for more than 30 years. It's illegal in the United States. Um, And at CellSpark, we don't do anything like that. We actually procure our stem cells from either your own body or from umbilical cords. After women give birth to healthy children, they're allowed to donate the umbilical cords and we use those to be able to provide stem cells for patients. So there is a, a lot of old school thought about it. But it is a very, and it is a science that's been around for 30 years. Uh, patients just don't really know about it. Most other countries are, are years beyond the United States in terms of regenerative medicine and stem cell therapy. So being able to provide that here in the United States and then tell people, hey, it is actually legal. We can actually do this without, you know, backdoor stuff. And we're doing everything on the up and up and FDA approved facilities, et cetera. So yes, it is something that's been around for 30 years, but something fairly new that people are just starting to learn that it is a possibility. I gotcha. And to kind of backtrack, you touched on um, a lot of things changed when you joined the RTA syndicate group. And I was hoping that you could kind of talk about how you got enrolled in that group and exactly what it is. Yeah. So the RTA syndicate is uh, kind of an elite group of entrepreneurs. Uh, you don't necessarily have to own your own business to be a part of it. What it is, is it's just a group of people who either own businesses or are working in their own, uh, working for somebody else that are trying to kind of improve every aspect of their life, whether it's finances, whether it's uh, home life, uh, relationships, et cetera, trying to excel in every aspect of your life. And so what we do is we have different get togethers uh, three or four times a year where we learn from each other. Uh, We have connections with each other and each other's businesses just to try and improve each other's lives, help each other out. If you have a problem, it's kind of an open forum. You can ask pretty much anything of each other. And that's important to get into at any age, whether it's the RTA syndicate or whether it's a a different mastermind group or whether it's something that, or even having just somebody you look up to that you talk to and ask questions of that can kind of guide you in in a certain way when you have questions about business, life, relationship, someone to help you get through those difficult times because somebody has always gone through the shit that you've gone through, no matter what. So speaking to those people and figuring out, hey, I have this problem. Can you help me with it? Or do you know somebody that can help me with it? Only speeds up your progress 
um, in your success. Definitely. I think a lot of people don't realize the power in just asking questions. I think a lot of people are trying to fight these battles by themselves, regardless if it's business, family, you know, just whatever it is. But as soon as you can ask someone else, they can give you guidance because you're right. Other people have gone through stuff like this. Absolutely. Yeah. I always am a proponent of always be the dumbest person in the room. You know, I have five medical, five different degrees from medical facilities and MBA, et cetera. I collect them, but that doesn't necessarily mean I know anything. And in fact, I know a lot less than a lot of my colleagues who are business owners and never finished high school. So, you know, throwing your ego aside and saying, Hey, I have a a problem. Can you help me with this? Asking the question, that's the only way you're going to succeed faster than you normally would. What's really important along with that is a mentor relationship. So if you had anyone in your life that's kind of served as a mentor and helped to catalyze your growth? Uh, My father, number one, both my mother and father have always been my mentors. Um, They own their own business. They were entrepreneurs since 19 and 20 years old. Both of them uh, built a um, HVAC company and they still run that. So learning from them, seeing how they struggled, seeing how they worked through things, and then just picking and choosing different people that I wanted to emulate, but then put my own twist on it as I grew up. Um, In medical school, I had a a certain surgeon that was very good at his job, and I wanted to be like him. So I, I asked questions like him. I made sure I worked as hard as he did. And then that has just uh, accelerated to each level. And finding a business partner um, in the end was a great thing for me because it was my business partners now are both people that have owned businesses, they ran businesses, they failed multiple times in businesses. So they help me keep me grounded and keep me in a straight path. But then I'm always constantly looking for more people to learn from, more people to emulate. Um, and part being a part of the RHA syndicate has given me a huge group of people to be able to emulate and to be able to improve uh, myself with. I'm sure that's a great group put together right there. And one of the things that you were listing off of qualities of mentors that you've had was that they've had businesses that have failed in the past. So I was hoping yeah. you kind of speak on the role that maybe failures played in your life and how you know you can use failure to get yourself to the next level. Yeah. Oh my God. Failures are failures are the most important thing in life. If you Honestly, if you never fail, I think you will never succeed in life, period. You have to fail. No matter what you are starting at, no matter what you are uh, beginning to learn, et cetera, you're going to suck at it, period. I mean, no matter what that is, if it's your first time doing it, your first couple times doing it, you are going to suck at it. It's going to take time to get better. And every time that you try and do it and you quote unquote fail or you suck at it in a different way of saying it is that's just another learning opportunity. So you take those failures and you use them to learn. But then what you have to remember is once you have those lessons, you forget those failures. Don't let those failures dictate your future because some people say, well, I failed in this, so I'm going to be terrible. And God, I don't know if I'll ever be good because I failed the one time. No. You fail that one time, you take the lesson that it taught you, you start to utilize that lesson to turn that into a success. And once that failure has served you enough, then you forget about it. The failure no longer serves you anymore. It will only hurt you to constantly look back and review your failures if you're doing nothing other than to punish yourself for your failures. So, you know, everybody's heard the Michael Jordan failure, him getting cut from his basketball team. You know, everybody's heard the 
football player, the quarterback who just, you know, is the last round draft pick or didn't get picked up. That's those failures are really what define you. And I don't know a single highly successful making seven or eight figure entrepreneur who has not had some of the worst failures in their lives that I've ever heard of. And it's not that, Hey, that failure is going to come to you at some point. It's just that, Hey, you have to have failures in order to reach that next level. That is by far one of the most important things you have to go through, you know, in sales, they always say the first time that somebody says no, when you talk to them, that is when the sale starts. And it's the same as failure. The first time you fail, that's when your career actually starts because that's when you start to learn actually what it takes and the resilience it takes to build the businesses. So yeah, don't, failures are very important. I completely agree. And I think that, you know, you're spot on with the fact that the highly successful entrepreneurs, are the ones that have failed. And I think what separates them from your average Joe is just kind of the fact that they failed, but they continued pushing forward. Whereas most people would fail and just turn back. And so a big thing with the show is breaking stuff down and analyzing it into actionable steps. So what do yeah. you do personally whenever you have a failure and instead of turning around, you continue to push forward? How do you make that happen? So my biggest things, um, besides saying, oh man, this, this stinks, uh, that was terrible, <laughs> is to kind of write down what happened. Like, okay, this is the failure that happened. Uh, why did it fail? Am I looking at this from one angle? Uh, I also talk to my business partners or other people within my companies. Hey, why do you think this idea failed? Or why did we try it this way? Do you think there's something different that we could have done? So asking the circle of people around you, seeing if there's something that else that could have been done and then saying, okay, well, what's the lesson that we learned from here and how do we move forward and pivot? So when a missile heat seeking missile or whatever goes towards its target, it has something called the negative feedback loop. It never perfectly goes in one straight line from one area to another, just like an airplane. It constantly has a negative feedback loop that adjusts it ever so slightly. So it's kind of bouncing back and forth until it gets to its target. It's the same thing with business. Once you have a little failure, you find out, okay, how do I correct it? You correct it a little bit, go forward. You got another failure. Okay, how do I correct this? Correct it, go forward. So always having in your mind, hey, the failure is okay as long as I'm not repeating the same failures over and over. So take the failure, write it down, figure out what went wrong, figure out how you can fix it, then go forward with that fix until the next failure happens and then do the same thing over and over and over and over. And it's hard. It is really, really hard when you're first starting out and you fail over and over and over and over thinking, man, I am going to be successful. You just start to get on yourself over and over. But you have to remember if you're doing this every single time and you're coming up with a fix for every step, you are getting closer and closer and closer. And, you know, success is like a hockey stick. It doesn't all of a sudden go like this. Woo! Straight line, up. Success is like a hockey stick. You get almost 0% better until you have all those steps that you messed up fixed. And then all of a sudden, boom, you explode. So that's, that's how I constantly think, hey, you know what? Actionable steps. I messed up. What happened? Write down what I could do to change it. 
try that thing. That works, great. We've solved that problem. Next step. I really appreciate you sharing that insight. And I think that you're, you're completely right in the fact that, you know, I think entrepreneurship is so hard because people can't see this wall, right? As you said, the hockey stick, the little failures start to add up and then all of a sudden, boom, you're successful. But for yeah. people, there's this imaginary wall there. And it's like, I've been pounding on this thing day in, day out for maybe years, but then they don't know when they're going to break through. And it's kind of not knowing when you're going to break through that creates this fear and panic that makes it so hard for entrepreneurs to be successful. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So what do you do whenever, what do you do whenever that wall of panic is there? Because sometimes you do need to pivot and turn around, but how do you know yeah. if you pivot or if you keep going? Oh, it's, it's the, uh, man, that is the million dollar question, man. <laughs> so I think, I think twofold. Um, Number one, when I do, and everybody goes through it, the panic, um, do something that centers you, whether that's uh, meditation. A lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs will meditate. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs will go out for walks. Um, if you have a pet, play with your pet. That will inevitably make you change your mental state. Um, the other thing is uh, exercise. A lot of people exercise um, to change their mental state. Doing something to get out of where you are at that very moment and get away from it, I think is one of the most important things. Um, even if it's for five minutes and people may say, Oh, I don't have five minutes in a day, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Bullshit. I worked in the hospital. Unless you have a patient dying, which is like 0.1% of the time, there is nothing on earth that requires attention within five minutes where someone is going to die. Period. So, taking that time to yourself and recentering yourself, whether it's through the meditation, the exercise, the walking outside and just breathing differently, um, changing your state in general. Um, Ed Milet snaps his fingers to change his state and you can change your state. And the way you do that is um, through thinking about or visualizing something or that you had success in. So if you play let's say you play high school sports and you scored the game winning goal or you had a, an incredible double play, something like that. Think to that time and visualize you actually catching the ball and throwing it or, you know, kicking the ball into the back end of the net or catching that football in the end zone or doing something that just made you feel incredible and then do something that kind of reminds you of that. So either snap while you think of it, or you can, pinch your finger while you think of it or do anything, tap your foot and constantly do this over and over and over and over with the same exact thing. And what your body's going to think is, Hey, when I snap my fingers, I'm in a blissful state. I'm back to making the play. I'm back to feeling phenomenal again. And it will completely change your body, change your body language, make you feel up and excited and energized again. And so that's how you can change your state in doing it, especially when you have those days. And you will have those days where it just feels like everything has hit the fan and everything is going wrong. You've got to change your state. And that's one way you can do it. I think that, you know, the visualizing process is something really important. And it's often, I think it's often overlooked in times now. Absolutely. You ask any, any Hall of Famer in any sports category, they will describe to you all the visualization techniques that they had before they went into anything that they were doing, whether it was a professional fight, 
whether it was a professional football game, baseball, et cetera, they will visualize the entire game beginning to end, the crowd cheering, them hitting a home run, et cetera. Every single little detail of visualization is already thought out. And it doesn't have to let your imagination run. It doesn't have to be where, well, you know, I don't, I can't visualize that much. Just let your imagination live through the experience in a positive manner. It won't always be exactly like that. But it will be pretty dang close if you visualize it before and you think about it going into it. Man, this is such an important practice. I really hope that people take this and they actually start to apply it because for all for all the entrepreneurs that I've researched into, the high performers, the NBA players, the professionals, this is something that's been a common theme throughout all of them. Absolutely. Almost every single one visualizes in some way or another. Absolutely. So key. And before I forget, where can people find you if they want to reach out? Um, Instagram, Alex Spinoso underscore MD. Um, that's probably the best way to, to find me. You could DM me or anything like that. I'll link that to the description so you can swipe up and check it out once I launch this. And then I've got one last question before we go, but first a little bit of background. So yes, when sir. you die, the only thing that matters is the impact that you made and the difference that you had. So with that being said, what impact do you want to have made and what difference do you want to have had? I want to cure cancer. I would like to be at least a part of it, working with some partners to um, align myself with possibly being a part of that and curing cancer and um, really regenerating people to the point where we're living healthier lives as we get older versus our bodies breaking down and people saying, well, that's just normal aging. There is no normal aging, period. People don't age normally we're not supposed to feel pain as we get older we're not supposed to be debilitated as we get older um and i don't want that for people and so i want to be able to regenerate and allow people to age healthy and feel good and you know they say money is wasted on the old people because they can't do anything anymore i want people to be able to go on trips and enjoy it when they are retired rather than sit at home on the couch because their knee is in so much pain they can't go outside and play with their grandchildren. So besides helping people age better, I want to cure cancer and I want to help as, I mean, as many other business owners, entrepreneurs, et cetera, as possible. I think coming from an abundance mentality, there is not a shortage of resources at all. It's just a shortage of people. Um, helping others. And so that's a, that's a big part of what I want to do.